When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. Chris, just with so much on the line and everything, I mean, to have a performance like this, I mean, what is it saying about your team right now as you Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we have too many guys not playing real well right now. Um, and this is kind of who we've been all season in these types of games, and we, we do it again. And, uh, you know, obviously the timing of it is uh, extra painful, but, um, you know, we got to get guys playing better. That was just a snippet of Chris Finch trying to explain what happened yesterday. So here, here is what happened in that game. The uh, Minnesota Timberwolves were 19.5-point favorites over an actively tanking Portland Trailblazers team at home. 19.5-point favorites at home against a team that has shut down its best players is signing random dudes from the G League to 10-day contracts. And the Wolves lost. It is, in terms of the Vegas spread, 19.5 points. It is the worst loss since 1993 in the National Basketball Association. Judd, uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, my God. So I watched this after the Twins got done. And so it was basically, I think I saw the whole second half. And my thoughts are this. First of all, congratulations to Chris Finch for filleting his team while remaining as calm as he ordinarily sounds, which is hilarious. He's got this ability. He never really gets mad, but his words yesterday spoke yeah. volumes. And my thoughts are this. Like, this is, at, at this point in time, you, you know what? Shame on me. Shame on me for going into that Lakers game on Friday, excited for it. Shame on me for for having seen a team that has pulled this stunt. Like, okay, if this was their first bad loss, now this one's awful, but if this was their first loss to a bad team, or let's say their second or third, you'd be like, man, that's really surprising, very disappointing. But it's not. What have they lost? Something like eight games to non-playoff teams or teams in the lottery? And so I'm actually most disappointed in myself for on Friday afternoon being relatively excited about what I thought, despite the loss in Phoenix, was a team that appeared to be very much on the right track. That's my first thought. So you said uh, it was like eight losses to teams in the lottery? No, dude. It's way worse than that. They have seven losses to the four worst teams in the NBA. They're four and seven against the four worst teams in the NBA. Okay. The Blazers aren't one of those teams. 
but let's loop them in to that they group like yesterday. Be. They're trying to be. Yes, they're they actively be trying to be. That they're not. For a while, they were like, oh, we got Damian Lillard, and we got some yeah. young pieces. Let's Okay, let's try and be a playoff team. And then classic Damian, like Damian Lillard, he's just going to apparently ride his entire career off that Portland cliff. And by the time he realizes, no, you should go somewhere else if you want to actually win, um, although you could probably say the same thing about certain Timberwolves players. So uh, that's now their eighth loss to either one of the four worst teams in the league or the Blazers who are actively tanking and 19.5-point underdogs. That's where they got the eight from. They've also lost additional games to, to lottery teams like the Magic and whoever the hell else, right? There's a bunch of teams in that category. But I want to focus specifically on one thing here. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why they lost that game. There, I mean, the fact that Chris Finch is up there flying his team, you know, when you lose eight games to those teams, there's a head coaching aspect to this as well. I think there's still some questions about, is Finch just a really good lead assistant, or is he the head coach of a team that aspires to be a contender? And I don't think he answered the latter at all in 2022-23. But that Lakers game you talk about, all right? So they lose a tough one to the Suns. The officials were bad. The Wolves are sick. You could even say, all right, that Lakers game, boy, Anthony Edwards is throwing up in the hallway between quarters and half the team is listed with a stomach virus. And like, it was a real thing yesterday had nothing to do with illness, but after that Lakers game, Carl Anthony towns decides I've seen enough. I'm going to lead. He loves to announce when he's going to lead, right? I am going to lead. Here are things that I am going to say on behalf of the team and they will follow me, right? That's sort of his, he loves to get up there after the game. Yes. He, we saw the, the pouty, whiny Carl Anthony Towns came back for sure yesterday, and I saw it a little bit in that Lakers game as well. And he says after the Lakers lost, quote, this is from the Pioneer Press, I got a lot of things to say tomorrow at practice. I'm going to go in there and do what I got to do, speak up for our team. I know the words I say will help us win games. So I'm trying to do that. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to keep it in the locker room. I'm watching film right now, and I'll see if I'm right about what I'm seeing. So they lose to the Lakers, and Kat says, I've got some things to say and get off my chest to help us win games, the things we need to do differently to win games. And I'm going to let my teammates know about it Saturday at practice. Mm-hmm. We need some, like, audio or video footage of what exactly he did or didn't say at practice. But they come out on Sunday and suffer in a in a 30-plus year history of embarrassing bad losses. This franchise is a joke historically. This might have been one of the three worst losses in franchise history. And Carl Anthony Towns, to me, proved once again, he took three shots in that game yesterday. He was complaining and flailing and doing the palms up thing again. Just like everything we praised him for After his I first two him. games back. Yeah. yeah. He turned he turned into the self-sabotaging, team-sabotaging version. And there's other reasons why they lost too. But how much more evidence do we need that Carl Anthony Towns is a losing personality? That's my biggest takeaway right now. I've got questions about Finch. Definitely have questions about the Gobert trade and the fit. I had questions about D'Lo. I'm glad they fixed that part of it. But how much more evidence do we need? I'm gonna I'm gonna peacock and thump my chest after that Lakers loss, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lead now. Everyone, watch me lead. And the response of your team after you decide to lead on Saturday is that on Sunday. How much more evidence do we need? 
I'm not saying that they might win a couple. They might go beat the Pelicans. They Who knows? Like, I could see them still going on and doing some things this year. But I'm just so sick of the same show year after year with Carl Anthony Towns. Dude, let the adults in the room lead. Stand in the corner. Hit some threes. Do what you did the first two games that you came back. Let Mike Conley, Kyle Anderson, and others, and Anthony Edwards take over this franchise. Step aside, guy. Yeah, I mean, but this is, so this has been Cat's problem forever. Whenever he starts to get comfortable, he gets worse. So, like, when he came back and was like, okay, I got to f- figure out a way, you know, where do I fit in with this team? It was actually great. He he kept it down. We didn't get the whining. He made some key shots. And he was a, he. if this makes sense, he was what he's perfect at doing when he gets it, which is he was a star complimentary player. So he's a star. He's got star ability. There's no denying his skill set, but he was a complimentary player. He wasn't a dominant force. And it appears the more he tries to become the dominant force, the worse things get. And I think his teammates bristle. But let's go back to the Phoenix game, and let's talk about the adults in the room. And this is the one thing where I think there are questions among the many about Chris Finch, okay? Did you notice the trend? And I, I didn't think about it after the Phoenix game, I sort of thought I did think about it after the Lakers game. And then the performance on Sunday against Portland was sort of the, okay, this is where it catches up to you. Have you noticed the trend of there's an excuse why against Phoenix officials screwed us. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know, but here's what I do know. That was an excuse. Mm -hmm. You know, topic a, the headline officials bleep Timberwolves. Okay. Friday night, the Lakers, we were all sick. What are you going to do with the illness? Every story led with it. Every single story led with, what are you going to do? I mean, you got guys sick. You got guys, as if they are the first team, like this happens in hockey all the time because it's a, it's a incubator of disgust. But, you know, as <laughs> this is just bacteria filled yes, breezers. And, yeah. But as, as if this is the first team where a star player has to go lay down or throw up a few times. I'm not saying it's not a factor, but what I am saying is that was the headline off that game. And so by the time you get to Portland, you now have had back to back defeats. The Lakers' loss in my mind was not a great one. The Phoenix one's tough on the road, but you have set up the excuse. So by yesterday, like you said, Phil, it's, well, Cat's going to address the team. And I just feel like here we go again. Like we're right back we're right back to where we yeah. were before. It drives me nuts when the when the team takes on the personality of Cat too. This sort yeah. of like woe is me getting screwed. Just sort of he's when 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 he is the centerpiece of your franchise, it's the the evidence is mounting at this point. 7 7 years yeah. or whatever of evidence. Like when he is the centerpiece of your franchise, you're not winning anything meaningful. When he's a complimentary piece, and we have a very small sample size of that, I would say like the first two games basically of him coming back. Yep. His minutes were a little bit limited. You know, he was still he was still taking 16, 17, 18 shots, but it was just kind of like, all right, he's he's kind of minimized a little bit. He's coming in, gonna integrate back in, and when you're adding this amazing complimentary piece. But then, like you said, gets a little comfortable after three, four, five games. All right, now I'm back. This is my house. That's right. I forgot. This is my house. I'm gonna I've got some things to say tomorrow at practice. I'm going to go and I'm going to do what I got to do. Speak up for our team. I know the words I say will help us win games. Think about the real actual superstar leaders in the last 20 years of the NBA. Like the not the poser leaders, but the actual leaders. They either 
don't talk about leadership, or if they do, they're not saying what they will do. They just say what, like, they just say it. Like, what are you hinting at? If you have something to say, say it. Either say it or don't. Don't hint that you're going to say, I'm going to lead tomorrow. It's going to be great. Yeah. How many times did you hear Kobe or LeBron talk about, oh, I'm going to be grandiose and tell you how great I'm going to be as a leader in practice? Like, dude, you're fake. It's fake. And you're and, and you could just feel the energy of it, too. Like, go watch that game yesterday. That game felt like a bunch of dudes that had some sort of weird, like, frigid falling out with their spouse or something, right? It was like everyone was kind of just walking up. on eggshells, and they're turning the ball over. They're not communicating. It's well, like, gee, I wonder what happened. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns tried to lead the day before. And among what I thought were the more interesting choices of words by Finch, because, again, like, if you just go by voice tone, he was just the same as always. But I always... I, and I think I texted this to you, Phil, was we're in our feelings. We're getting in our feelings. First of all, that is not something a coach ordinarily would ever say. And second of all, that is a very direct shot. Like that is that that's as close as you can get to saying we're soft. Well, in let, our me, feelings. let me ask you this. When, when it's always the code is coded language too. when Chris Finch says we're in our feelings, we have guys who are in their feelings too much. What's your impromptu ranking of which players is he most likely referring to that are in their feelings? Cat oh, is one. Then ding, ding, ding. Two, then Cat is two. Anthony then, Edwards can get there a little bit sometimes. Gobert can be in his feelings sometimes too. Yeah, but Carl but, Anthony Towns is the George Washington on the Mount Rushmore of caught up in his feelings, right? Why did you only take three shots in 25 minutes yesterday? Because you're caught up in your feelings. That's the only reason. Well, and what was the big pout about? Like, did something happen? I don't know, dude. Play basketball. But, like, did something, like, on Saturday at practice, did did he try and address things and Mike Conley said, shut up? And, you know, like, it's it's like for him to take three shots, it's like he's the kid at the birthday party and he doesn't get the gift he thinks. And so he runs upstairs, slams the the door and cries. And his friends are all like, what the hell was that? Yes. It's, dude, it's also amazing. Think about. His first couple games back, even the Suns game, first half of the Lakers game, the ball movement, just everyone just make looking to make the extra pass, boom, boom. It's like just ping-pong passing all over the place. And yesterday it just felt like everyone was trying to fix the problem one-on-one isolation. Like why did they gravitate away from playing right. team basketball? What's the different what's the variable? And I don't to me it's obvious. The variable is Carl Anthony Towns came elbowing his way back into the room, and instead of being the complimentary piece and just, like, playing basketball, stay out of your feelings, just go play joyful basketball, he's back in his feelings. Only took him a week, took him a week and he's back in his feelings. The other thing, too, that if you, if you think about it, and I don't know, this is just pure speculation here, but when they, when they beat the Hawks, they won those back-to-back games against uh, the Hawks and whoever else, uh, the Warriors, right? And, and Towns hit the game-winning shot against the Warriors in the game yep. before he hit the, the shot against the Hawks. Yep. And it's awesome. He comes back. He fits into what they've been kind of building. They beat the Knicks without him a few days earlier, uh, and he's going to fit right back in. And then he does the post-game interview in front of the arena and the Bally Sports North audience, and he's highly emotional, and he says about – the free throw that he hit against the Hawks on like a Wednesday night or whatever night it was. Yeah. He said, it's a story out of a movie. 
It's a story out of a movie. It's like a movie. And then he has time to calm down from the emotions, goes to the post-game press conference podium, and repeats the same thing after having been able to, like, decompress for a minute. If I were one of his teammates, again, think about it. You're com- you want the Wolves to be a title contender at some point. you got to compare the Carl Anthony Towns, the highest-paid leaders of the team, right, the, the all-NBA caliber guys. What are some of the other leaders, the Joel Embiid's of the world, the the Steph Curry's, right? Like the t- the, the guys that you that are actually leading teams that are twenty games over five hundred or have won championships. Yep. Are they treating a Wednesday night game? You come back from injury, guys get hurt, they miss time. Steph, Clay, like everyone comes back. Yeah. When Clay Thompson comes back, he just comes back and plays ball and hits some shots, whatever. The movie part doesn't happen until they win the finals. That's the movie. You come back from an injury, you win the finals. You get back to the finals. That's the story out of a movie. Is the story out of a movie hitting a free throw against the Hawks on, like, a Wednesday night? If I'm one of his teammates, I'm not, like, pissed or anything, but I'm looking over like, dude, quit being such a cornball and this this over-emotional cornball. I truly believe that energy permeates throughout the room, and it's a huge reason why they lost that game to Portland yesterday. Carl Anthony Towns will always be about himself, which a lot of athletes are now, but the best ones aren't. And I I don't know how you you get around that. Now, where the Timberwolves are, where a finger has to be pointed at them too, though, is, and I I think we talked about this after he talked to uh, Krasinski for the the big story that, that he did exclusively in The Athletic. And what got back to me was the fact that, you know, there were questions about that. Like it's your most popular player or it's your, it's, it's your marquee, I should say, or certainly up there with Ant. And there were questions about, okay, why didn't, you know, why didn't you have talk to the whole press crew or the, all the big, and basically what got back was we can't control them. So, so that's from the organization. That's not just Finch. So basically what you have is you have this guy who loves the drama, who loves to make it about himself. And yet he's become so big in that organization that they don't feel they can control him. Like like this is a major, major issue because he doesn't have his, he's not vested in, well, they can't control me, but I can control what happens here in a positive way. He's interested in himself. So like, this is why this has now become, and we've seen this before. Like this is not the first time that this conversation takes place. And if Carl's here next season, it won't be the last, but you have a major problem here because he's not good enough. And he certainly doesn't have the ability to lead to have as much control as the wolves have ceded to him. And now the problem is this, if you trade him another franchise, potentially if he's traded to the right team can get that back. Cause they could say, we never gave you that control. Here's yeah. what we're doing. But if you yeah. don't Phil, if you don't, the horse is out of the barn here. There's a little, and it's, I think it, uh, there's a little Kevin love, in here in terms of like what the wolves faced 10 years ago where you've got this unicorn big man who shoots threes and puts up 25 and 12 and gets caught up in his feelings a little bit, right? Kevin Love was pretty immature when he was with the Timberwolves and got snippy with the media and just kind of, they're they're not the same personality, but then you think about the Kevin Love that it was almost a relief for him to get traded and not because he, he I don't think he ever felt comfortable as the star of a franchise because he knew he wasn't good enough but there was that burden, and then he gets traded to the Cavs, 
and he's the third guy on teams that are contending for championships. And now you see this sort of, he's now he's in his like mid to late thirties and this much more calm sort of uh, at peace version of Kevin Love. I really think if they get to that point with Towns, you could see a renaissance. I could see him winning a championship as like the second or third guy behind actual NBA alphas if he were to fit in and be comfortable in that role. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to continue to be sort of like the voice that speaks on behalf of the franchise and the guy that wants to, except right. in yesterday's game, take the most shots and everything, I just don't know, man. Like, I think you have a glass ceiling. And th- that's actually a good transition into another thought I want to run by you guys here. But real quick, a shout-out to our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. So I would say this, despite all the ripping we just did, he's still going to put up like a 28-14 and 14 game yep. here at some point. Like, th- this is how it works. Like, they're probably going to watch them rattle off three straight wins or something. That's how this team rolls. So I would say uh, I would take some of the overs on Underdog for, for the upcoming couple games. Yeah, you, you can just take props and know that there's no, like, whining and crying props necessarily on Underdog Fantasy, but there are, yes, those points, those rebounds, those spreads. There's plenty of great options uh, for player props Underdog Fantasy. My guy Brian on opening day sent me a nice little five-item slip here. He took some uh, Cincinnati Reds, some Twins, some Royals picks, and cashed out a nice little 50-buck payout for him over the weekend on Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Masters Weekend. You can uh, draft a pool of golfers. You can draft your whole Master. lineup of golfers at the Masters. At a the Masters. And you can just watch those underdog props go on since uh, for whatever reason we can't watch the damn thing on live television for the first few days. You can watch it right there at Underdog Fantasy. Just watch those little lines move up and down. Uh, download with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. And a shout-out to our friends over at Dennis Kirk. It's been a long winter, but later this week, we got some 50, 60-degree temperatures. Make sure your motorcycle or whatever you ride is ready with Dennis Kirk. DennisKirk.com. You can ride more weight loss. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Shipping is free for orders over $89. Order by 8 p.m. They ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The more I watch and think about this, I don't care what needs to happen. I don't care if one of the highly paid big men needs to be traded to make room financially in minutes-wise, but the Wolves need to find a way to keep Nas Reed this offseason. He is so much a part of the heartbeat of this team. He understands the system. He aligns age-wise with Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, and he just, like, He just embodies everything you want this franchise to be. He's not the best player, but he's gotten a lot better the last two or three years. And he just plays with toughness, with energy. He's largely just unbothered. He just goes about his business, hits big shots when you need him to. You know, I think if like if you told me, all right, you got Towns, Gobert and Nas Reed and you got to figure out an equation and only two can stay this offseason. I would say even though Nas Reed might be the third in terms of like talent, like how, how good they actually are right now, I would start with Nas Reed 
for all those reasons and say, figure out which of the other two guys who makes $45 million, figure out what to do with one of them. What do you think? Which makes that jazz trade now just, I mean, it's so unfortunate. Um, Yes, here's here's what I think. I think the, the reality and a talking point that goes beyond that and gets to probably a more sensitive issue is this. I don't know that Chris Finch and Carl Anthony Towns can coexist. I don't know that a lot of head coaches can with him. Uh, Carl, with what stunts he pulls, the times he pulls them, is a coach killer. Uh, and so I really think you have to ask, you have to ask yourself this question. If you're going to bail on Gobert, which would be just an absolute disaster, but, I mean, that trade right now looks like a disaster just from the standpoints that you laid out, Phil. Um, if you're going to bail on Gobert, can you have Chris Finch here coaching Carl? Who can coach Carl? I, I mean, I, to me, just from a chemistry standpoint, when it goes bad, and it goes bad far too much, uh, one is yes, I agree completely with you. Nas has been great. Nas came in as what? Uh, a free agent signing, I believe. Uh, 20 pounds heavy, was a post player. The Wolves are like, no, 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 dude, you got to lose weight. He lost weight. He works his ass off. He's a professional. Like, just to call a spade a spade, Carl Anthony Towns has more talent probably in his right hand than Nas has in his entire body, but the professional is Nas. But that being said, I don't know, given what we've seen, which are great sample sizes now, Carl with the team, Carl without the team, Carl with the team. I don't know if you're Tim Conley, how you can continue to go down this path of Carl on this team. It's too late. And and again, you're not, the problem is this, the come to Jesus time to say, Carl, you are over your skis. You need to yeah. shut up, sit down and play. Phil, it's gone. You might be able to get that somewhere else. You ain't getting that here. I think you've got to move on. I think it, you have to. Doesn't it feel like we, we're having like the same conversation parallel with the Timberwolves and the Vikings at times where you're doing all these mental gymnastics to try and figure out, okay, how can you build around your highly paid, most important player, Kirk Cousins, Carl Anthony Towns? Both teams are competitive. Both teams sometimes will show you big flashes, right? A 13-win season for the Vikings or the like the Timberwolves right now, I think have the third best record in the Western Conference against teams that are 500 or better. So you see these flashes. They'll beat the Warriors in California, and they'll rattle out these big wins. The Knicks at the Garden. But at the end of the day, if you have to do mental gymnastics for a half decade or more right. to figure out why it's everything else around that highly paid centerpiece that needs to be fixed, at some point, maybe the highly paid centerpiece is part of the problem why you can't get past the glass ceiling as a franchise. And I, I think the most important guy here, as far as a sounding board, because he's seen it all. He's a professional. He knows exactly what he, he knows exactly what it takes to be a professional team, for lack of a better term. Mike Conley, I call in Mike Conley, and I'm like, what'd you see? Because he's going to give you an honest. I mean, he's near the end of his career. You're going to get an honest mm-hmm. assessment. You're not going to get any. Oh, he's my guy. Whatever. No. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. And I've got to, you know, yesterday's not an accident. Like, yesterday's not it's just a this, huge red flag. Like, it's, it's a huge indictment. Yeah. Yep. It's a, war, it's a warning flare. Yes. Yesterday is a warning flare. Yesterday's not a, 
The Lakers loss, unfortunate. I believe in the third quarter of that game, you led by 12 or 13. That's an unfortunate loss, and I don't like it, but yes, it happens. It's LeBron. It's, it's a- Yeah, exactly. AD, a- like, a- by the way, come on, guy. Like, you're, okay, you're going to, you're going to, you get, your ankle got shot by a sniper, and yeah. you're just, and you're going to lay genius. there for a half are you, hour. Are you And then you get me? up, you don't even, like, soccer. miss any time. And you, that was soccer, dude. Ridiculous, that was genius. Man. Genius. Absolutely genius. But anyway, so yeah, what yesterday was, was it was the end of this last three game run of excuses, but there was no excuse. And every team has things they can lean on, but even, but even before, you know, we gave them so much leeway early in the year too. It's like the first three months were an excuse because you're trying to figure out how these new big guys play together, right? You're trying to figure out how Towns meshes with Gobert and how Ant meshes with Gobert and D'Lo meshes with this, that, the other. And so you kind of gave him like a grace period to start the season. And then Cat goes down and then the D'Lo trade happens. And, and, but at the end of the day, like trades happen, injuries happen, illness happens. And the things that sabotaged the Wolves yesterday had nothing to do with trades, injuries, illnesses. It was just them being them and Carl Anthony Towns being Carl Anthony Towns. You're going to give a big speech on Saturday at practice. You're going to call your shot on Friday, give a speech on Saturday, and then take three shots against a tanking G League team yep. at home and and kill the vibes. Like a, a real actual franchise centerpiece and leader who's not 21. Like Anthony Edwards, by the way, did what he needed to do in that game yesterday, I feel like. He was incredible. If you're the real, highly paid, actual centerpiece of this franchise, you don't let that loss happen yesterday. You don't. The Lakers went into Houston and won that game by like 25 or 30 points. They did what they had to do against a tanking team. You it's win, embarrassing. You win that game at the buzzer and say, thank God, and leave. Yep. If they, In fact, that's kind of where I was at watching the fourth quarter. I was like, oh, this has been a cluster bleed. But you know what? If they just like go on a surge yeah. and win the game by four, whatever. Whatever. It is what it is. Just no excuses. Just get the win. Doesn't need to be a blowout. And the fact that you couldn't, like, look at the talent discrepancy. And I could do this, like, up and down. Look at the guys that, like, aren't NBA players that were playing minutes beating you at home. And you have all NBA guys on your team and all-stars. Like, that's, it's not a talent issue yesterday. It's a, it was a vibes issue yesterday mm-hmm. is why they lost. Amen. So, anyways, that was therapeutic. Your poor team. Oof. God, it's, like, it's hard to even, like, yeah, they they play another game tomorrow to like night. Them. It's like okay. You know what they are? <laughs> they they are a a less. I I would say they are a less successful but identical version of those wild teams that drove me crazy. Yeah, they actually have better upper end talent, but Parisi and Suter were D'Lo and Cat to a T man. Yeah, and the, and and the problem was the Wild did the same thing. They gave them the keys to the franchise, and once you do that, you are screwed. I've heard and the head coach of, ain't changing that. Yeah. I've heard from some of the D'Lo defenders here, too. Like, a couple of them yesterday just, like, you know, infiltrating my Twitter mentions. Oh, so now, you, okay, first, so D'Lo was the problem. Now you're going and migrating to Cat is the problem. Uh, it's possible that both of those guys are not winning players as the leaders of the franchise. Now, D'Lo got lucky because now D'Lo can sit there behind LeBron, who's one of the great winning players of all time, and Anthony Davis, who's one of the most skilled players of our generation. 
and uh, some other and complimentary Bando, pieces. Who plays and, his ass off. Is a, a yeah, a good grimy winning player. And now, yeah. so like D'Lo can sit there with zero franchise pressure and just do some D'Lo things here and there. You know, that's that, if if Cat were able to do that, I think Cat's career could go in a different direction. That Gobert trade is now going to surpass. I really believe the Herschel Walker trade is like the oh my god. Twenty years from now, ESPN's going to do a short thirty for thirty on that. Yeah, well, but you know what? This is something that the the Timberwolves can learn from that trade. If, I guess it took the Vikings three years to kind of realize, oh, he's not that good. But that trade did not put the Vikings into a derailment. The Vikings still five hundred nine wins, ten wins in the years that followed, but they, you know, they quickly got into the next iteration of okay, let's let's get Chris yeah. Carter, let's whatever. Um, so you don't have to let it derail you, but, and there's ways to recoup some value. If you were to trade Carl Anthony Towns this summer, you'd get a haul for him. Some team would give you, you know, the Celtics, the Nets. There's, there's some teams out there that would make it happen. The Nets are incredible. They're always willing to wheel a deal. (laughs) Yeah, we'll take, uh, yeah, we'll take that guy. Yeah, no problem at all. No, we'll trade him now. The franchise is great. Um, all right. Enough of a Wolves therapy session there. Uh, on a, a second episode of Mackie and Judd today, we will uh, be a little more cheery when it comes to the 3-0 and Minnesota Twins. And on Purple Daily today, when reckless speculation turns very real as it pertains to Kirk Cousins. Mm. 